breaking down. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Jagacki, and today in this deep dive episode, we'll be talking about defending ball screens, specifically from the on-ball defender's point of view. We'll outline the three phases of defending a ball screen on the ball, We'll dive into two essential techniques and then talk about the footwork most advantageous for fighting over a screen. Of course, if you want to get in contact with the show for future episode ideas, guest recommendations, or questions, email LockdownDefensePod, that's P-O-D, at gmail.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be doing a giveaway in the next episode. Now, let's get started. So in our last episode with Coach Brandon Bailey, we had a great conversation and covered a large spectrum of ideas from switching, physicality, anticipation cues, and so much more. I highly recommend you give that episode a listen if you haven't already. Now, one of the topics Coach Bailey touched on multiple times throughout the episode was the idea of steering a screen. And what he meant by that was physically displacing or disrupting where the offense wants to set that screen. And honestly, I've been compiling a lot of video for a future off-ball screen defense clinic, and you find that time and time again, the best defensive teams are so physical with screeners. Just like we would jam a rim running post, right, to stop them from getting great position, we want to jam screeners as well. Now, of course, you have to be careful, right? Refs are probably more prone to call contact fouls on the perimeter. But if we can get in the way, hold our ground, disrupt the screens, it can lead to a few key things for our defense. And number one, we can jam that screen higher than it was intended. It's no longer as dangerous, and perhaps now it's easier for our defenders just to get under and contain because that shot behind it isn't as effective. Number two, we can disrupt the timing of a play, right? Now the screen isn't set yet for that multi-action play design. Or number three, we've ruined the spacing of the play completely. And of course, in today's game, timing and spacing are so crucial to play design. And so by steering screens, being physical, we can sometimes even erase a play completely from its threatening nature. And so that's a very important topic and one I'll be diving into myself even deeper but Coach Bailey constantly harped on the importance of this technique during ball screens. But what about that on-ball defender? How can we help flip the script and gain some advantages for him? And that's what this deep dive is going to cover today. So in my mind, there are three phases to ball screen defense for the on-ball defender. The setup, navigating the screen, and recovering. And before we start to tackle each of those, I don't think I need to spend too much time talking about the importance of ball screen defense, right? It's the most common action we'll see from the majority of offenses, and the better and more pressuring defender we have, the more likely the offense is going to just call for a screen to try and alleviate that pressure. So if our great on-ball defender can't navigate a ball screen effectively, it's going to be very easy for the opposing offense to neutralize that defender. And I think Brad Steven even made this same point in the podcast he was on, where a lot of times as coaches, we tend to fixate, I know I have, on a coverage breakdown or a rotation breakdown, 
when in fact if we go back to the initial ball screen and how the on-ball defender navigated it, we'll find where 90% of our problems come from. And so if we get that on-ball player right, we should have a great chance defensively. So let's dive into those three phases. And the first one comes so easy to us from the offensive side of the floor. Of course we want our ball handlers to set up ball screens, right? I think almost every coach touches on this point from an offensive perspective. And there might be slight differences on how deep we want those setups, what we're looking for, whether we're looking for the reject first or a counter move to create space before the screen, and so on, right? And the same is also important for setting up a screen defensively. The better our defender can set up that screen, the easier it will be to navigate. So first thing, I want that defender to snuggle up to the offensive player's outer hip, shrinking that space as much as possible. And by attaching to the outer hip, we've taken away that reject. And nothing gets my blood flowing more than a rejected ball screen. You can ask any of my former players, that is definitely one of my triggers. Our coverage is set up and our defense is ready to guard the screen action but a reject is almost causing an instant four on three for our defense. And so that is unacceptable, right? And I should mention, I'm going to be speaking solely from a perspective of coverages that require the on-ball defender to get over top of the ball screen and force the ball handler into it. I know there are many coverages we can choose from, but I think this is the hardest for the on-ball defender, and one, when done extremely well, can even eliminate the threat of the action completely. And so we snuggle up, we take away the reject, and this tight position also gives us a better path and angle to fight over the screen. As opposed to a defender maybe giving a cushion, a three-foot cushion, now that path around the screen is curved. It's much longer than the straight line the offense is going to take. The last benefit from this tight position is it's going to allow us to use one of the most crucial techniques when navigating the ball screen. And that brings us to phase two and the technique of forearm over upper arm. Now there's a great cut up on my Twitter page demonstrating this technique if it's hard to understand without seeing it. But basically, if the screen is coming on my right hip, I want my left forearm to be pressing on the upper arm the upper right arm of the offensive player. This is gonna give me a far superior technique than having my hand perhaps on his waist, right? If my hand's on his waist, I don't have that much leverage to steer or be physical against his line of attack, and I can stay attached to his hip and still be quite far behind the play. As opposed to forearm over upper arm, where I have to be tight, I have to stay attached, and it's giving me a tremendous amount of leverage to fight over top of that screen and impact the line of attack. It's also a great tool for accountability when going back to the setup because players have to get tight, they have to shrink that airspace to even try and execute this technique. And I promise you this technique will make a world of difference for your on-ball defenders. And we can have some concerns about the foul constraints of our level, depending on how lenient your refs are in calling fouls during ball screen actions. But I promise you, if you can get that tight position as a defensive player and get some leverage on the ball screen, navigating these screens is going to get so much easier. The other part of navigating ball screens is equally as important, and that's our footwork. 
and they'll tie in together at the end. But first, there are two main footwork techniques we see in ball screen defense. The first is knifing over the screen. This is when the on-ball defender shoots his closest foot over top the ball screen first, almost like trying to jam into that line of attack and slide over the screen. And I'm not a huge fan of this technique. In fact, I'm not a fan of it at all for two reasons. The first is what we just talked about, right? This is going to give you a foul call eight out of 10 times probably. And second, it's gonna open up a late reject possibility. And we all know how I feel about that. Instead, I much prefer the pivot over footwork. This is where, let's try and visualize this again. The screener is coming to my right hip, and so I'm gonna pivot on my right foot and swing my left leg over top of that screen. This is gonna give me a great movement, not only to keep my arm attached, but I'm still on the outside hip to take away the reject. I have a clear line of recovery now, and perhaps most important, it's gonna have me avoid a lot of contact from that screen, and we don't want anyone to die in one of those. So again, I've set up the ball screen properly. We're navigating the screen with forearm over upper arm and that pivot over footwork. Now it's time to start our recovery phase. And the choice the on-ball defender makes for his or her line of recovery is going to play a key factor. And this is a concept a lot of players first understand in full court defense. The idea of recovering to a spot in front of the offensive player instead of trying to ride the hip and somehow get back in front. Right, And if we can visualize our on-ball defender fighting over that screen with the pivot over footwork, they're in that turn and run stance just like they would be in a full court recovery. And so the defender needs to sprint to a spot they can beat the offensive player to and regain that legal guarding position square. Hopefully our physicality has helped us get over the screen and impact the line of attack during the navigation phase, but now it's time to disengage slightly and beat the offensive player to a spot for a full recovery. The other two important keys in this phase are our hands. Number one is to recover with active hands. It's amazing to see the deflections and steals active hands can cause at the NBA level during this phase, especially against pop passes and short roll pocket passes. And if this is the case for NBA offensive players, it can certainly be a valuable tool at all levels. And the last thing is to never give up on the play. If the offensive player gathers for a pull-up jumper, even if the on-ball defender is behind the play, they should still contest the shot. Many coaches refer to this as a rear-view mirror contest, contesting at the side of the offensive player during recovery, but this is still important. We can't rely on, let's say, a dropping big to contest the shot, then go find the rolling big and box out and rebound, and we certainly can't accept no contest on a shot. So the activity of our hands, not giving up on recovery, is so important in this final stage of the screen. And that brings us to an end. Hopefully we've eliminated any threat that ball screen might have caused by having our players snuggle, attach, and pivot. And now I know, there are several ball screen defenses that don't require the on-ball defender to get over the screen, but many of these principles are still important. For example, I've coached a base icing team the last two years, 
and our setup phase was still very similar. We wanted to get high and tight. Now, of course, the main difference is a rejected ball screen is towards the screen, and so our setup angle was completely different, but the importance of that setup was still the same. Our navigation phase was a lot simpler. You know, we were just riding the first dribble towards the baseline, and then our recovery phase still required those active hands and that full recovery in front. And there are many other coverages and aspects that might become more or less important depending on the coverage, but it is still a useful tool to break down the job of our on-ball defender and give them the tools to master these situations. As we said at the beginning, the better our on-ball defender can navigate this ball screen action, the better our team defense will be and the closer that defender will be to becoming a lockdown defender. Taking. Thank you so much for joining us on this deep dive episode. If you want to continue the dive, check out my Twitter page at Mike underscore Jigaki to see the full videos and breakdowns of these techniques. The link is also in the description as well. And of course, make sure to join our weekly lockdown newsletter at lockdownhoops.com to get the latest updates and future breakdowns. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.